right, here we go. Hey there, everybody. It is Thursday, January 26th, 2017, as I stare at the date, not remembering exactly how to do this. It's been a long time since I hosted. My name is Justin Townsend, and today I am with Kelsey Lavati. Hi. And joining us for the first time, this is uh, this is Matt Wood. Hey, guys. Uh, so as you can tell, we're down Bobby, which is why I'm hosting, and we're down a Welshman who, good God, Hugh, <laughs> could you not cancel on us all the time? I love you. It's all right. Um, so yes, Matt. Matt is uh, Matt is going to be joining us. Um, I think it's going to be twice a month on the second show um, to talk about some different things than we usually talk about, and so we're excited about that. Um, Matt, since you're new here, we usually have a gauntlet for you to run through where we uh, ask you a couple of questions. Okay. And feel free to not answer them. <laughs> kind of have to answer them. Um, but I guess we'll start with... Um, I was going to say, let's start with your all-time favorite game, but we'll hold off on that. Why don't you tell me what consoles you currently own? Okay. All right. Well, I own only a Sega Game Gear and a Master System. That's it. Uh, no. Um, I do actually own both those. Uh, I have... I'm going to start from oldest stuff to more newest stuff. Uh, upstairs, I have a Dreamcast, a original Xbox. It's the only Xbox I own. I have a PS3, two. Uh, I have a GameCube, 64, Super Nintendo, regular NES, uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, uh, 3DS. Uh, let's see. A lot of the older stuff. Uh, I have a PS3. I don't know if I mentioned that upstairs. Uh, I have a PS4 downstairs. The Wii U uh, is also hooked up. And a cell phone, so sometimes that kind of counts. I guess so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, th I think I think that's it. I, I, I you know, I, I'm a bit of a collector. Um, there, there are some systems that I've been tempted to buy, but you know, common sense kind of talks me out of it. Like I, I, I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to buy a 3DO, but I thought, why, why buy this? Why, why is a 3DO a necessary purchase? You'll never find any games, and when you do, they're all going to be terrible. So, yeah. you know, I have to, like, talk myself out of, you know, uh, it, it's hard to be a collector because sometimes I can just kind of go anywhere. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, what got it, you um, What got you into this idea of collecting old systems? So I first started, it was, it was after my first semester freshman year of college. This was about 2006, 2007. We, uh, we finished our finals, some friends and I, in my dorm. And we went to a game store and we bought a Sega Genesis and a couple of games for it. And this was back when like game collecting was easy. And uh, I think we spent maybe 30 bucks and we got like the Genesis and like a handful of games. And I had a Genesis growing up. So it was kind of that like nostalgia. Uh, it, it, that, that was a big factor in it. Um, but also, you know, it was it was one of those things that back then, like uh, the game store that we had in town would sell Genesis games on average for three dollars a piece. So, oh wow, that's like flea market pricing. Yeah, it's it was unreal, and like and like nowadays, I, like I, I kind of hate this memory because since then and now, I have sold all, most of that stuff, 
And it's like, you know, well, that's all gone now. Like, I'm never going to be able to find copies of this and this and this again. Uh, but that's that's kind of like the one problem that every collector has had. They've always sold something that they're like, why did I sell that? Um, but no, like, that was a nice thing. Like, every weekend, it's like, okay, let's go in, this, in the town and we'll just buy a random, you know, three, four, five dollar game. Like, even on the most expensive side, like, I think I spent... Uh, 25 bucks for a copy of like Michael Jackson's Moonwalker that was like in the case and it was it was complete you know and now that game's really hard to find it just uh it was just like a fun cheap kind of uh kind of hobby and it got to a point where I just made this decision I'm gonna buy every Sega Genesis game and I got to like 200 games uh then it just it I, I ended up graduating and I was living in a really small town this is before i met mara uh i had to, it was basically one of those cases of you can either get a job and like work your way up into a better job and move somewhere else or just kind of live around your parents for god knows how long so i i ended up moving to a small town i was bored out of my mind and the genesis just wasn't cutting it so i ended up selling all that stuff for like a ps3 which was awesome but all that stuff is now gone so now that I'm, you know, we, we've moved into a new house, uh, you know, we have space for that kind of stuff. So over the past year or, or so, I've been kind of going around trying to collect a lot of that old stuff. Um, and I can get into more details of that later. But but yeah, that that's kind of like the first like thing that got me started collecting uh, is now that I have a little bit more space, I can actually, I don't know, I can actually uh, humor that hobby a little bit. That's kind of crazy, but yeah. I got, you know, I, I collect, I try not to collect too many things because I'm obsessive and I, I think that most collectors probably are, but like I collect graphic novels and now I look over and I have like two giant bookcases full of graphic novels. And like, I, sometimes like in my lucid moments, I'm like, do I really need this when I'm right. buying it? Like I could, I'm probably going to just read this once. Uh, and then probably maybe never read it again, as opposed to like getting the like the hardcover collection for like Why the Last Man or something like exactly. something I'm going to want to read multiple times. So it's like I'm at this dilemma right now. It's like, do I buy another bookcase or do I start getting rid of some of the ones that I have that like it's like I just bought this because I saw it and I bought it and I'm never going to read this again. This like weird, extraordinary X-Men volume <laughs> one that I own for some reason. Exactly. Um, I, so yes, I, I know that feeling. Like I have, uh, we, we, you know, I, I, that's the thing too. Like I, I, we enable ourselves way too much. Like I go to like a, uh, a you know, a secondhand bookstore, and it's like, oh, they have all of Rob, Rob Liefeld's X Force. I can't turn that down. And it's like I should have turned that down. Like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't need that. I'll never read that. Uh, so I was worried about that too because that was my biggest problem when I was in college. Was you know, I was like, I'll collect whatever I can collect. Um, it's when it comes to video games and it was just kind of all over the place. So I have like this rule now when I come to, when it, when it comes to collecting. So, uh, when I started deciding, okay, I'm going to buy Super Nintendo, I'm going to buy a GameCube, I'm going to buy all this stuff. I decided I need to limit my scope. So I went online, I found, I think it was IGN's list of the top 125, uh, Nintendo games. And I told myself, that's it. Like that's like that's the stuff that I'm going to actively collect because it's limited. I know that every game on there is going to be a classic game. I know that every game on there is 
you know, it's going to be worth holding on to. It'll hold its value, but it won't be, it won't be like something that's way, way, way too expensive. Um, so I told myself, I found like the average prices of those games. I told my, you know, my, my list is, or my rule is I can't uh, spend more than that on buying it. So if I find it, I need to find it cheaper than the average price on it. So that kind of limits it. Now, I will still pick up something of, say, I'm at like a Goodwill or something, and I find like, you know, a random cool game for like three bucks. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll take that too. But uh, it does slow down the kind of compulsive nature of collecting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I might just tell myself that because I don't want to admit that I'm a little compulsive. I think that being a little bit. Uh... <laughs> Compulsive is, is not a bad thing. Um, you mentioned like going to Goodwill and stuff. I'm like, I find that like kind of fascinating in a way. Like I enjoy going to Comic-Con um, and hunting through like bargain bins and finding yes. like this this one thing that is like, this should not be $5. Like, mm-hmm. why is this $5? I'm, I'm assuming it's like that for you, like going to like, like a flea market or to like a Goodwill and like searching out these things. Am I right? It, it absolutely can be. It, it's it's. It's a lot of fun because like then there's that like exciting moment of like okay oh man it's a GameCube game and you open it up and it's like oh man the disc isn't even in there <laughs> uh, so it does have that like really thrilling moment of of okay don't get too excited um, I, I've done that at cons too uh, you know like I like I like like you said like getting the nice hardcovers um, yeah. a, a few conventions ago uh, there was a guy selling the Simonson Thor omnibus. And he had a, a like like way cheaper than it should have been, and I didn't want to like play my cards. Like I just wanted like okay, get get the poker face on, you know. Don't let him know that he has something nice. You know? And uh, it, it is a thrill because, yeah, you could just be like some people and just okay, I want that thing. I, I know that it costs this much, whatever, and buy it. You know, but if you're patient enough, you know, having that stuff just kind of happen, I just feel like that's a lot more fun. Yeah. Because uh, you're, you're, you know, you open yourself up for some more surprises. So, um, what are some of the things that you played as a kid that you're like actively seeking out now? <laughs> you know, I was I was actually having this uh, conversation with a coworker. I, I'm a high school English teacher, and I was getting lunch with uh, with another teacher, and we were talking about you know games when we were kids. And I was telling them that uh, a story that I'm going to tell later in the in the night. But he was talking about you know. We had video games as as a kid. I had a uh, I had a Nintendo uh, when I was a kid. It was my brother. So it, as long as I can remember, like there was a game system in the house. You know, uh, we had a Sega Genesis. Then as we got older, my brother got a sixty four. I got a PlayStation way too late in the life of the PlayStation. When I was a teenager, I didn't collect anything uh, as far as video games were concerned. But I, I think every game that we ever bought. There was always one good game for each system. Like I think for this, you know, regular Nintendo, we had like Super Mario Brothers two, but the rest were just trash games. Just you know, the random wrestling game, and you know, just just bargain bin. Just, and I get it now. Like my parents were like, okay, I here, like this, one, I'm gonna get you the one that wasn't you know, sixty bucks. This one was twenty bucks, and you'll enjoy it just as much. And I did, you know, uh, but I feel like that's. I don't know. I wonder if that that's part of why I'm trying to find like nicer games now, just to make up for the really bad games that we had as a kid. Uh, but you know, we rented games all the time from Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. Um, 
but uh, it's crazy if you think about it that you like young kids today will never know what that's like. Uh, it was they'll the, never they'll never I know, know like what that's like. God kills It was the best. <laughs> I I remember that's how I discovered like there are great games and there are terrible terrible games. games yeah. yeah. And you're uh, at the, I can, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No no no. Go ahead. Uh, well, like I just remember you're at the mercy of your parents' discretion sometimes because the way that like I grew up, my uh, my parents worked in town. Um, so my, my, our school bus would drop us off. I would stay at my grandmother's in the afternoon. This was before I was 10 or 11 or whatever. Uh, but like Friday night, like my parents would run a movie and they would run a game. And most of the time it was basically, we'll, we'll just pick out a game for you. And so it's, it's a crapshoot. It could be something amazing and it could be, what is this? <laughs> and I remember my parents once ran us uh, Robotron 64 for the Nintendo 64. And, you know, while that game probably is pretty good, you know, from an adult's perspective, as a kid, I just kind of remember being real bummed out because that was the only game I was going to get all weekend. And when you're a kid, you're like, okay, it's not like I'm going to go out and have, you know, go to a party this weekend. I'm, I'm 11. You know, this is my whole weekend. And I don't know, I, I just, it, I just love being disappointed sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that feeling of going in there and being, I remember later, like with, with, when the PlayStation 1 was out, I didn't have one. And back then you could rent consoles oh, yeah. for the weekend. And so I, I distinctly remember like on a Friday night going there and seeing that they had Twisted Metal 2. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't realize at the time, but my parents were like super hurting for money. And so like maybe they were waiting for like a check to clear or something. I'm like, well, we can't get it now, but we'll come back in the morning. And I was like no, we have to get it now because somebody is going to come rent this. This is the only copy. Yeah. And they're like, no, it has to be in the morning. And I'll be gone. And for I was I was like like so nervous driving there. I'm like, they have to have it because like I, I was like, I'm not going to I don't want to get the console and not play Twisted Metal 2. And so like that like nervous feeling I get in there and I was like, oh, thank God they have it. And then like never being able to turn the console off because I didn't have a memory card. Right. But right. I, I can remember um, – renting Mega Man 2 and bring it home and my NES would just not work. Oh yeah, like, it's the worst. It, like just doing everything like not we weren't supposed to blow on the cartridges but just mm -hmm. blowing on the cartridges like for hours sticking it in and my mom getting so frustrated and like we found a way to like wedge the TV remote in there to hold the cartridge down and it would like work and she was like don't turn it off, leave right, it on. Right, right. Do you remember like, like uh, video game stores like uh, or not video game stores but rental stores would like sometimes like you can you can buy this you know cartridge cleaning kit for yep. like NES cartridges and yep. they never totally. worked you know but no. but we thought they did. I can remember my dad coming home one time um, with a game. I think it was like one of the few times he ever did this, and I for the life of me can't remember the name of the game. But it required the NES used to have like a foot pad or like a, a oh, pad yeah. that you would lay out and then you would use it to like run. <laughs> And the game was unplayable without it. So he, right. like, he spent the whatever, it was like the five bucks at the time, and he was like, oh, well, I guess we can't use this. And I was like, well, <laughs> now what am I going to do? I'm just, I'm just going to, I probably was like seven years old. It was like, all right, well, I could look at the menu, like the title screen. That's nice. Yeah. I remember, you know, getting, uh, renting, for, for, and, we'd, and we'd sometimes rent, like, sometimes you know, you just hear about a game, like, oh, man, like, I, you, even the kids, like, aware, like, Ocarina of Time came out or Majora's Mask. I remember we ran Majora's Mask one time, and we didn't have like the Nintendo 64 expansion, RAM expansion thing. Okay. Yeah. And like as soon as you turn it on, it's like, hey, you can't play this game. <laughs> like just going like, wait, why? Why can't I play you? Um, yeah, it, it was ridiculous. 
just how much consoles uh, expected you to like you have to also have this like if you want to play everything you have to have this as well yeah that's just a like a time bygone now like and i mean mm-hmm. kelsey you're what 24 uh yeah and you've never you never went to like a blockbuster or any video store and ever rented anything as even like way back when <laughs> you were under 10 like it it existed but i wasn't allowed oh man um and at that point i think like not a lot of people rented anyways like i remember being super jealous that everyone had a console and my dad wouldn't even let me rent one um but i don't think it was as big of a thing so yeah it was mm. more like i really wanted one for myself <laughs> i'm trying to remember what the last game i rented was they used to have um i don't know if they have these things where you guys were but did they have hollywood video oh, by, yeah. uh, by you guys we had hollywood um, we had hollywood uh and so i i that was the last place I rented from, and I think it was like some terrible 360 game, and that was the last the last one. I wish I could remember what it was, but I can't. Um, so, I, I, out of all these consoles, Matt, that you have, like, do you have them like as far as collecting? Like, do you have them all hooked up? Like, what do you like? Like, you're gonna play a game. What's the first thing that you're going to? Like, what do you have hooked up? What are you like looking to play? So. So the way my setup is I have a 32-inch, uh, you know, uh, 720p, like just uh, – it was a TV that I got from – I picked it up uh, over the holiday break. It was a Black Friday thing, so I got it like super cheap. But it's, I got to have that mounted up. So if I have my PS3 uh, or something a little bit more modern, uh, I go to that. But I also uh, – this summer – Went on Craigslist, and my wife loves this, by the way. She she loves this behavior of I, I'm going to meet a dude 20 miles away for a crappy TV. Um, I, I he had a flat one of those uh, you know when 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 the larger box TVs were getting phased out to the flat screen TVs, and there would be a few of the box TVs that had a flat screen on it, but it was still square. Oh uh, yeah, so, I I had one of those. It was like five hundred pounds. Yes, and that's exactly what this is. It is. Uh, I got a I got an old CRT for the old stuff, uh, and I have a eight in, or an eight n one out switcher. So everything's hooked up. Uh, everything's at the uh, push of a button. Uh, so so what I go for when I mean I I usually love going to that older TV just because I like turning it on and hearing it hum. You know those old TVs like you can feel yeah. that they're turned on? You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not that you can hear it turned on. Like I don't know, it's like the hairs in the back of your neck just feel like the feel that like weird hum of the TV. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> like you can feel it's all Kelsey's, Kelsey's like you guys are room. crazy. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, <laughs> I I understand but it like and I'm also at this age now where I'm like okay, I'm I've made peace with the fact that, like, there are some things that, like, with my students, they're like, Mr. Wood, that's such an old reference. That's so crazy old. Um, I, I, I've kind of embraced it now. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I love going to the old stuff. I've been playing a lot of 64 lately just because it's, I don't know, there's something about the 64. It's just this weird transition period from, you know, 2D stuff to 3D stuff. And... 
people like to think that, you know, okay, the PlayStation 64 got it right. They didn't really get it right. That's why those games, when you go back now, they just didn't age well. Like, even when you look at something like Ocarina of Time or Mario 64, it doesn't look great. It's not timeless in the sense of, like, Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers. Um, but there's just something something so strange about how they figured out, you know, 3D controls. Um, it, they, they don't feel like they do nowadays. They just... It, it's this weird just kind of half step like they they were they almost figured it out they're not there yet i don't know it, it's it's hard to explain but it, i i love that like that sense of uh you know i i guess uh progression but I, i've been playing a lot of 64 lately it was one i'm also nostalgic for it any particular game that you go to when you're playing the 64 so it, this would also answer my all-time favorite game question. So well, go we, ahead. Is that cool? Yeah, no, uh, go ahead, man. Star Fox 64 is the best game ever made, and no one can tell me different. Well, I, this is Matt's last appearance <laughs> on the show. Yeah, I, I get that. That's, that's, that's fair. Uh, and I understand that there's a difference between, you know, a favorite game and the best game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for that one. <laughs> that, game is, that game is perfect. Right. From from the fact that it can be totally beaten completely in 40 minutes to uh, just how cheesy the dialogue is. I, I love that game so much. It's just one of those games that uh, it's so short that, you know, it's fun to come home, beat it in one sitting and just like, OK, I got this kind of artificial accomplishment out of my way. I can now do something more productive. I don't know. It, that sounds cheesy, but it's it, it's a real it's a real thing. No, not at all. I mean, I've asked that question to a bunch of people, um, and like, whatever your answer is, like I think for Kelsey, it was The Last of Us, right? Yeah. Like that's a totally fine answer. Absolutely. The Last of Us is a is a is a great game, but like, I love when people come out with like the real oddball stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I asked the guy uh, submit um, when I was on Broken Thumbsticks, and we had submit from Polygon on and i asked him that question and he's like oh it's a uh, nhl 94 and i was like <laughs> okay like i like an out of left field answer i could totally run with this and we talked about nhl 94 for a while and so like star Fox 64 is not anything i've ever heard before <laughs> so i am totally cool with you saying it it's it's the, like i mentioned earlier like when we grew up we had one good game for every system and the rest were just trash and the one good game that we had for the 64 was star fox 64 the rest were things like WCW, NWO, Revenge, and just just trash, you know? Uh, uh, come on. You it, they, they weren't all <laughs> that bad. I mean, Mario 64 is, like, going back, it doesn't age well, but at the mm-hmm. time, it, it was an amazing game. And GoldenEye, oh, yeah. GoldenEye was something I lost way too many hours to playing. Oh, no, those were great games, but we didn't have those growing up. You know, we, uh, okay. we, yeah, we, we, had, we had Star Fox, and that was it. The rest was, like, saying. sports titles and just, just, you know, we had this, like, golf game and you know thinking back i'm like why did we get that like why why did my brother and i play a golf game for that much it wasn't even mario golf it was just like some old hot, dudes golf was it hot shots no 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 that, that sounds that sounds you know hot shots is great like that sounds fun this one was not fun it was like literally on the box it was the back of some old white dude playing golf you know and it's just it wasn't very it wasn't very good I'm like super tempted to look up golf games on the 64. I, For some reason, I have John Daly in the back of my head. Like, did John Daly have a golf game? 
on 64. Yeah. What's um, the, uh, there's a baseball game for the Genesis. I can't remember who the coach is, but the box art is just a really badly drawn picture of him. Is and it Tommy Lasorda? It's Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, that's it. That is just, you couldn't put a guy playing baseball on the box of this. You had yeah. to like do this terrible drawing. Yeah. With this old guy. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know why they did that. Yeah. That, that's going to move a lot of copies. Um, all right. So for like more modern stuff, like you have a PS4. <laughs> so what are some of like the modern games that like you've played in, in the last, I don't know, couple of months that you've enjoyed if you have? Yeah. What was the last one you enjoyed? Uh, Battlefront. I, I really enjoy Star Wars Battlefront. I've been playing a lot of that. I, I And it's one of those games that I, I've heard the criticism and I get it. I know that I it, there isn't much there. Even with the DLC, there's not much there. But I just, it's it's part of that, like, I love Star Wars, so there's that aspect to it. Um, but that's a great, like, I have 30 minutes. What can I play? And that's a, that's a really good one. Oh, I enjoyed the hell out of Star Wars Battlefront. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, like, for me, like, um, I play a lot of competitive shooters. And mm-hmm. so, like, I, for the most part, don't need a campaign if your game is fun and I could just play the multiplayer aspect. Like, I can get tons of enjoyment out of that. Like, I understand the, the complaints when mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, like, Battlefront and Titanfall, um, the original Titanfall didn't have a campaign and, like, the, the value is not there for me. Like, I get it. Yeah. But I thought Battlefront was super fun. Oh, absolutely. Kelsey, Kelsey, did you ever play it? The Star Wars Battlefront? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I loved it. It's yeah, it, really good. You know, it, the, you know, the just... The fact that they like rendered like uh, the actual like props and stuff in the movie into that game and like it just I don't know there's something about being immersed in that that, that that's just a ton of fun. Uh, another game that I played a lot of I I've I've played the last uh, the uh, I guess it's kind of a remake but not really the Ratchet and Clank game that came out last okay. year that yep. was a ton of fun. I I've bought Until Dawn I haven't played it yet. Um, I you know I, I last year I, I like many other people occupied way too many hours with, in uh, the uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, yeah, if Bobby was here, he could go on and on about that game with you. Oh man, it, it's it, that's one of those games that I it, you like you look up and it's like oh man, it's two in the morning and it's Wednesday. I really have to stop playing this. Um, yeah, especially because you're, you're a high school teacher, so absolutely. you got to be up at like five thirty in the morning. Yeah, you don't want to look as strong out as your students. Like that's that's not what you want. It's no yeah, one like, no one gives them you know any grief when they don't look you know perky and ready to go. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, exactly right. That was a that was a long game. Like I, I put oh, like thirty yeah. something hours in that game, and I looked up and I was like, I got my fill of it because uh, I'd never played a Metal Gear before, and so like the insanity in the story wasn't like hitting me like it was other people. I was like, this is just all insane. But I felt like I, I was enjoying the gameplay. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I could put like 30 something hours in and I was like, okay, I'm done. And I was probably like 45% done with it. Maybe like 50% at most. I was like, okay, that's enough. Oh yeah. Just uh, like that game's real nutty. I mean, there's some weird, weird stuff in there. I, I love uh, being able to, uh, have someone just drop off a dog for me. Uh, is the dog D-Dog? Is that what his name was? Yeah. And just having him uh, uh, parachuted out of like a base and just, it's just a real, real weird game. Um, but that that's Metal Gear. It's just one of those things that, some people can really pull off weird, you know? And 
Hideo Kojima is one of those dudes that it's not it's not ironic. It's just like that's what that guy. That's how he really is. Like you know, he he does it better than anybody. And it's one of those cases of I'm along for the ride. I don't. This does not have to make sense for me. I just I'm going to go with whatever this guy, uh, you know, wherever this guy wants to take me. And that's why I think a lot of people are excited for Death Stranding. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'm excited just because like, I like I said never had played a Metal Gear, uh, and so like I get to get on in on the ground floor. Like I don't have to go back and play <laughs> yeah. all these other games or read a right. wiki to understand what's going on. Like I'm super jazzed to just be able to like get in there and be like I'm in the same spot as everybody else. I'm just as confused as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it it's because you know what was it? It wasn't E3. Was it E3 with the first trailer with Norman Reedus crying into a baby? Was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that going. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Let, let's do this. Let's let's. He's got all these wires coming out of him. I'm I'm cool with this. You know. Yeah. And then I think it was the Game Awards, or yeah, it was the Game Awards where they showed the other one with uh, Mads Mikkelsen, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. whatever this is is going to be weird and awesome, and I'm I'm totally down for it. Sure. There's a tank made out of meat. Why not? Okay. Why not? As one does. Guillermo del Toro has a baby in a jar. All right. You know. Hey. Uh, yeah. There's something about just. You know, because there's that whole controversy with Kojima and Konami uh, towards the end. And just knowing that this is going to be him unleashed, I might be, it might be a bit much. It might be like, you know, it was good that he had those like restraints a little bit. That's, somebody was keeping him somewhat in control. Exactly. But I, I, I want to find out. I just want to find out what is unfiltered Hideo Kojima like. Well, we'll find out in like 2019. Probably. Yeah, exactly right for the PlayStation Five Point yeah. Four. Uh, all right, so last, last, like, sort of question for you. So we have our our little uh, Google Doc, and you wrote down. We were talking about what we we're going to talk about, and you wrote down meeting strangers on Craigslist <laughs> for games. Yeah. So why don't you run, why don't you run me through what that's like? So, have you ever given money to someone? And you instantly are curious about, oh man, where's this money going to? That's what I feel every time I, I buy something off Craigslist because our Facebook, these Facebook market groups, because someone will post like, I have these games. I don't want to, I don't want to have these games anymore. I need, I need money. And you message them and just, you can tell by just the way that they're, texting or you know it, the, the, you know this is you're not dealing with you're dealing with some interesting people sometimes and That's a good way of putting it okay yeah yeah just you know like you have to read their message a few times to truly understand okay is this a positive response is this a negative do they have the game does it work i don't really know what what this acronym means um but yeah I uh, I messaged this guy a few days ago, so I'm, I'm checking off games off that list, right? That uh, Nintendo list, and uh, he posts that he has Perfect Dark and F Zero X for a Nintendo 64, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh, he wants an offer. I you know I don't want to like low bomb too much, but at the same time I do. Um, so I just say five bucks a game, and that seems fair. And he said, yeah, man, that's cool. I just need money, and I'm like. Okay, I you don't have to tell me that. Uh, I don't I don't need to know why you need money, but I, I get it. It's cool. Uh, so, you know, like any sane person, you don't meet at that person's house or your own. Um, just don't ever do that. You just there's some people you don't want 
them to necessarily know where you live. Uh, so I met, I agreed to meet this guy in the parking lot of a mall, which that's a whole nother thing now because malls aren't that big of a thing anymore. Uh, it's just people don't really go to malls anymore. So at least not around here. Uh, they still shop, but you know, it's just like every town has the has the the good mall or like the outlet mall or like the shopping area that's really nice and then they have that mall from the 90s or the late 80s that just that's where people like power walk or that's where they go to get shot and uh, so i agreed to meet him at the mall where people get shot um and it's just yeah you just he, he was cool but it really feels like he like knocks on your window he like slides the games to you and it's like okay this is we we just have a normal transaction. We don't have to be incredibly sketchy about this. And uh, you know, I've met I've met I've had really good experiences. I've met really decent people. I've had people sell me broken games because that's another huge gamble that you have when you meet people yeah. on Craigslist. Uh, it's a big like I I don't buy any game that comes on a disc anymore from people on Craigslist. I just it uh you know it I I'm. A couple of months ago, someone was selling Smash Brothers Melee, and I got a decent price, but it still was, you know, it was it was some money, um, and it just didn't work, you know. And that dude totally knew that it didn't didn't work because I tried to like text him back after you know I tested it, and naturally that, you know, why would he respond? He, he was like, "No, nah, man, I just made money off of you." Um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it it's a lot of fun, but it's. It's risky. It's risky. It's weird. It's uh, some people are just, you know, you're just like, oh man, I don't, I don't know. Some people are just real bizarre, but, uh, but yeah, it was it was a pretty fun experience. Cool, um, cool. I, I, yeah, it happens about once every couple of weeks where it's like, oh man, okay, how bad do I want this? You know, okay, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to meet the stranger. And then there's that weird like like the hour before you go and meet them. Where you're kind of like, why am I excited about this? Like, why, why, why am I curious about what kind? Of, I, I think it's just that, like, you know, natural interest of I want to see just how strange this person can be. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's always fun to just meet people that you're like, this is the only way I would ever meet this person. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you there, <laughs> um, Kelsey. So I have actually I have a question for you since we're talking about like older mm-hmm. games and stuff. So. What do you like ever play any older games? Like I know that you're like our resident, like I love Nintendo. So like do you own any like virtual console games? Um I used to own the first Game Boy. because uh, when I was small, like I was begging my dad for a Game Boy Advance and he's like, Here's my old Game Boy. <laughs> so I would Thanks, play dad. <laughs> <laughs> So I would play um Bugs Bunny's like Terror Tower. <laughs> Um, or something like that, and Tetris, obviously. <laughs> and um, I used to have a GameCube, uh, but it doesn't work anymore, unfortunately. Now, did so, you... go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So my go oldest ahead. working console in my house is the first Nintendo DS. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> is Do it like the? A... Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> is it is it that, like really blocky one, like the uh, like the the silver one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Do you ever buy any like the virtual console games on your Wii U? Or on your Wii uh, when you when you had it? 
I never did it on the Wii U. I wanted to do it on my 3DS when they had uh, Metroid, because mm. I haven't played that game in a while, so I wanted to, Metroid Prime, so I wanted to get it, um, but they didn't do it on my 3DS. Apparently, it's too old now. Oh, geez. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, really, I rely on going to people's houses if they have older consoles. But, I mean, for me, older consoles are, like, Xbox and PS2. <laughs> Kelsey, have you ever played Super Mario Brothers 2 or 3? Uh, were they on the GameCube? Oh, oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, no. I played Mario Sunshine. I know that one was on the GameCube. <laughs> that's the weird one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one where he has, like, a vacuum cleaner. No, that's Luigi. Oh, uh, that's Luigi. Yeah. Luigi. Yeah. He, has, he has a water has gun. Water gun, yeah. 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 Flood. That was it. a weird game. I think we're yeah. going to be, re- I mean, we're going to be reminded of that because Super Mario Odyssey is supposedly, like, a direct follow-up to 64 and sunshine oh, and like game. they said like they haven't made a game like this in sunshine i was like okay i'm yeah, in that yeah, sounds right? weird that game looks so insane i am so like like there's normal people walking around and mario's not like i guess mario's not a normal person because it opens up a whole can of worms right it's just oh, i'm so excited for that his hat has eyeballs <laughs> Well, Matt, like since since we're like we just like segued into like the switch, so we we talked about our thoughts on the switch last week. What do you think about it? Oh, I'm in 100. percent I you know I, it's Nintendo uh, because that I you, you got to stand by Nintendo because even though yes, third party they're terrible, you know that like a couple times a year, some of the best games made the that year will come on Nintendo, and it's the only place you can get those games. And yeah. With the Switch, you know, I, I've I've already I've already put my name on one. You know, I've already pre-ordered. I've already I'm I I know that I can play Zelda on my Wii U. I you know for me it's like I'm gonna buy this thing anyway. Like there's no way that that Mario game is gonna come out and I'm gonna talk myself out of it. So I'm just going ahead and pulling the trigger on it. Uh, I'm all in. It looks crazy cool. I think they're making some dumb mistakes. But uh, as, as Nintendo is wont to do. Absolutely. They're, they're the classic company of, you know, two steps forward, one step back. And, you know, I, I, I don't understand why I can't have, <laughs> uh, like you mentioned uh, uh, Metroid earlier. I have Metroid on my Wii. I have Metroid on my Wii U. I, I shouldn't have to pay again. And that whole online system where it's you get... The virtual console game for that month, but then it goes away. That just seems unnecessary at this point. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, there is, you know, I think Kotaku was talking to them, and they were like, "What are you going to do for people with the or with that bought virtual console games? Mm-hmm. And like, are they going to carry over? Is your account going to carry over?" Um, and they were like, "You know, we have nothing to announce at this time." Like. The smartest thing they could do is just offer a Netflix style payment thing like like a PlayStation now Absolutely. where it's like, I don't know, pay us like 10 bucks a month and have an entire like have our your, your hands on our entire back catalog. Like they could make so much money with that, especially because it's portable. Um, oh, absolutely. Portable somewhat. Like people would run with that. Oh, you can oh. like especially if they they've already like talked about GameCube emulation on the Switch. And yeah, if I could have a portable GameCube, that sounds great you know like that, yeah, this is a lot of fun yeah you know netflix system that sounds amazing 
uh, even like the PlayStation Plus system of like, okay, here's your two virtual console games for a year. As long as you continue to pay, you get these. You know, but then again, we don't know how much their online cost yet. So, you know, I don't know if it is a good deal or if it's a bad deal. If it's five bucks a month or five bucks, you know, 15 bucks a year, 20 bucks a year. Okay, maybe that's fine. But if it's 60 bucks a year and that's not on par with the other systems, yeah, and that, you're getting a much worse deal. That seems that it, seems that seems bad. Like Nintendo's crazy, but I don't know if they're that crazy that they're going to be like, we're going to charge just what everybody else is charging. Also, you have to use your smartphone. Yeah, that seems so like I, and I, this part of me that understands that they're, they're not Microsoft. They're not Sony. They don't have the infrastructure to support something like that. I get that. I understand like using your smartphone. But yeah, if they like they they can't charge that much a year and expect people to be cool with it. I mean, I, yeah. we're, we're you get it free when it comes out for a little while. So I guess we're going to find out just how worthwhile it actually is. But I don't know. I think they're part of me was excited when I heard that they're going to have a paid online subscription or not subscription, but a service uh, just because it means that, you know, once you require some kind of price that tends to mean that, OK, we're, we're going to try to legitimize and justify this. Uh, and that's good. You know, I want Nintendo to take that aspect seriously because they've kind of been the, you know, old video game company for a little too long now. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I'm very, very hesitant. Uh, so we were talking about the Switch and we lost Kelsey. Um, yeah, if you're sorry. listening, If you're listening to this and we get to a point where there is... Uh, we lost Kelsey's earlier recording. It might be a strange podcast, so we apologize about that. Um, we might be going to Kelsey early in the podcast to say things that is just not there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, I think we'll wrap up with um, with our earlier discussion with Matt and everything. Matt, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be checking in with Matt, you know, periodically to see what he's up to, what other games he's uh, he's been buying, what weird people in parking lots he's meeting, <laughs> so on and so forth. That sounds that um, sounds good. It's like a big dead period for games right now. There's always the summer lull and the winter lull. Um, we're in the middle of the winter lull right now. I think there's like you know there's a there's a couple of games that have just been released. Um, Resident Evil Seven, uh, which um, I don't know if Bobby is going to be playing or not. Um, I'm not going to be playing it because I don't do horror. Uh, Kelsey, <laughs> what about you? Uh, no, I really don't play horror games. Like. Yeah. No, I stay I stay away from horror stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's did you? Did it's you? nice and freaky. Yeah, no, it, it was fun. I, I I don't have a PSVR, so I don't know that aspect of it at all. But it uh, it it's 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 not as bad as PT if you played that a few years ago. That was awful. That was just a miserable experience uh, as yeah, far I, as just too much. That that's that. It had to be played in the middle of the day with people around me with the lights on, and it still was just way, way, way too extreme. But Resident Evil Seven, it, it is freaky, but uh, it, it, not as bad as some have been. I wonder if Hugh will play it. Um, and then uh, the other, I guess, like sort of big release in the last couple of weeks has been Gravity Rush Two. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been like our first actual real podcast since the Game of Year stuff early in January, so we're like. Just getting into it. Um, Kelsey, you told me that you haven't been able to be playing anything that much. You started a new semester at school, but like you were still chipping away at Stardew Valley. How goes the farm? 
<laughs> my farm goes well. Still uh, hitting on Shane at the bar, you know, <laughs> doing my thing. I, I actually, um, I am learning like new aspects of the town because I find a lot of the time, it depends where you explore. And you'll find like new areas or like you'll have someone who comes up to you and assigns you a new task and stuff like that. So there's still a lot to do. And I think there will always be a lot to do. Like most like farm simulation games, I find there's always something to do. There's always going to be a tree that spurts that you have to chop down or something like that. So between like work at because I work 30 hours as well and then I go to school full time at night. So... um that game doesn't take up a lot of my time. Like we said during the game of the year, a day is like half an hour in the game. So it really doesn't take too long to like advance and do more things. So that's what I've been trying to to keep up with. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, have you got to jump into any Overwatch at all? A little bit, but not since the update. Yeah, so... Uh... Uh, as you're listening to this, two days ago, Overwatch had their new update. Um, I guess it's uh, Year of the Rooster. Uh, it's Chinese themes. Uh, and they've introduced a, like a capture the flag mode in it. Uh, so I got to jump in and play two rounds. Um, it's different. Uh, there's a lot of draws in it right now because teams are like scoring like one flag a piece and then like defending. Um, but I managed to win both of the ones that I played in. Um, so yeah, like a, a much different dynamic when you're worried about guarding and also being on the offensive as well. Um, it's neat. There's um, all new skins, emotes, and all that stuff. Uh, they made Zenyatta look amazing. Uh, so I need to buy that skin. Um, I'm going to be jumping into more Overwatch. Still playing competitive a little bit. Uh, like Probably like once a week now. I've slowed down trying to catch up on a couple other things. Um, I got to play uh, the entirety of Rise of the Tomb Raider. Finally, um, I had not played that game. Um, didn't play it when it came out on Xbox. I bought it in September when it came out on PS4 and just never got around to it. But since we're in this lull period, I figured it was um, the right time. I forget. Have Matt, I don't know if you've played it, but Kelsey, have you played it? Uh, the new Tomb Raider? I, I haven't yeah. played the Rise of the Tomb Raider yet. I, I have played the... I guess it was a couple of years. The, the the reboot remake uh, that came out in PS3 and then later PS4. Uh, I have played that one, but I haven't played the newest one yet. Did you like it? Oh yeah, no, it, it was a ton of fun. Uh, it was <laughs> just uh, poor Laura Croft in horrible, horrible, horrible situations. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I have to admit that yes, I sometimes there's just some really weird death scenes, and you're like, okay, I got to see that again. Yeah, uh, I remember that. That's my, probably the most striking thing. But uh, but no, no, it was a ton of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Kelsey, did you play it? Uh, no, I didn't. But I know you guys told me to. I really want to. Uh, so, There's so many games to catch up on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, my backlog is, is crazy. I've been chewing through it as fast as I can, and I, I've made like no progress. Um, I, have, like, I, I, I enjoyed the game. I think I liked the first one a little bit better. Um, I was talking with Bobby about it. I wish he was on to, uh, so we could like go over our conversation. But um, I compare it like, of, of course, I'm going to compare it to Uncharted, and I don't really think that's super fair of me because they are. I mean, they're similar but different. Um, mm-hmm. Tomb Raider really keeps you in like the same types of areas. You're like, 
you're in one hub as you and you move through you know hub to hub to hub but you're in one general area and i kind of wish they would go back to what tomb raider used to be like um and what uncharted is now where it's like we're going to take you to all sorts of like fantastic locations Mm -hmm. um but that kind of gets away from their like metroidvania type gameplay where it's like, oh, I've come across this cave, but I can't enter it yet because I don't have rope arrows. And like later in the game, you learn rope arrows, and then you can go back to that cave. And turns out the cave is actually a tomb where you get some like secret knowledge. Um, so I played through the whole thing. Um, I enjoyed it. Like I thought it was a cool story. Uh, there were some like really standout actiony moments. Um, I wish they would do with the um, the climbing things. Um, they would show the scenery a bit more. Like in yeah. the last Uncharted game, uh, you'd be like climbing up something, and they would scale back to give you a sense of how big or like how high up you are. Um, and they do that a couple of times in Tomb Raider, but most of the time, you're literally just right behind Laura's ass the entire time. And they, they do the whole thing where you like jump on something, and it's like, oh no, she's falling, and then she grabs onto stuff like. I'm not knocking the game at all. I just like I'm super excited to see what they do with it moving forward. Um, the next game has already been like apparently leaked out, and I forget what they call mm. it. Um, there's so many collectibles in these games, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I, I like oh, it's like I'm I'm obviously gonna want to like try and platinum this thing, and then I look back and it's like I don't know. I've been playing the game for like 16, 17 hours, and I'm not <laughs> even at 75 percent of the collectibles, and it's like I just I can't I can't do this. Yeah. Um. But what I will say is, like, I think the PS4 is the version to buy. Uh, if you waited, I, I think it's definitely the version to get because it includes all of the DLC for the game. And I know that they have, like, um, I think it's, like, Baba Yaga um, DLC, which is actually just baked right into the game itself. Like, you don't access it through any other menu. So while I was, like, exploring this one area, I got unlocked a trophy that was for that DLC. And it's like, I could just go start that quest. Like, they... It, it showed up as a marker, like, oh, here you go. You could start this now. It's over here, and which I thought was really cool. Um, they have their Crofts Manor one where you literally just go around Croft Manor. Um, I feel like it's in between the games, uh, the first game and the second game. Uh, and you like like just pick up, pick up stuff and read about the Croft family and you find out what happened to her parents. Um, That's kind of cool. Like a, yeah, there's a... Um, it's, it's almost like a, a gone home type of situation where you're just like exploring Croft history, which was sort of neat. And then the second end of that DLC, um, which you can access, puts you in like a nightmare scenario with zombies and floating heads in the mansion, which is like super unsettling because um, they do like really good sound work there and it's raining and it's dark and it was pretty cool. Um, my favorite thing, though, out of the whole thing and, like, my favorite mode out of this game is they introduced, like, a survival element to the game. Um, I'm terrible at survival games, which I'll actually get into in a couple of minutes. Um, but this mode is called Endurance. And what it does is it places you out in a randomly generated wilderness in the middle of a blizzard. And your truck broke down and you're, like, you're looking for tombs. Um, they give you some resources to start with. The only thing you have to really worry about is a hunger meter and a warmth meter. Um, so you're going through this wilderness, and they're the bad guys in the game. They're also looking for the tombs, so you will randomly stumble onto their encampments. Um, there's animals for you to, like, shoot and hunt and stuff to, like, eat. 
Uh, but there's also like bears and wolves, which will kill you. The bad guys will kill you. Um, you could stumble into tombs and get artifacts. And then there are these giant pyres that you could light to like get called out. Like you could get rescued. But it's this like thing where it's like, well, I have two of the tombs found and I have this much stuff. But if I keep going, I can unlock this challenge for getting all of the tombs. And getting even more rewards when I leave that you could spend on cards to like increase the difficulty or the modifiers in the survival game. Um, but if you die, you lose everything. So I thought that was like, I thought it was super great. Um, this like push pull mechanic of like, I should really get out of here now, but I want to keep going to get more stuff because I have like a lot of ammunition right now. Um, I have like a decent amount of health. Like I feel like I could I could go further, and then a giant bear came and ate me. Uh, so like I, I honestly like I really enjoyed Rise of the Tomb Raider, but like I want to keep playing that endurance mode more than anything. Um, it has a co-op mode as well, so you can go in with two people. It's like the sneaky best DLC I've played in years. Like the only thing I think that I could equate to like being DLC as good as this was probably like the left behind was it not left behind I'm trying to remember for the last of us what it was called I feel like it was left behind that I'm probably right. mixing up I feel like I'm mixing up two games uh, but the DLC for the last of us was super good and like I feel like it's just as good as that um just in a different way um I started the Flame in the Flood which is like an actual survival game it was a PC game uh PC and Xbox 1 that just came to PS4 and I am awful at it like super awful I I barely made it two days without starving to death because I couldn't figure out how to cook food. Um, but a really cool art aesthetic. Um, the world is being overrun by a flood and you are going down this river. You're a little girl and a dog or like a, you're, you're a woman and a dog. I, the, it's such a weird um, art style. I can't tell if it's a young girl or like a woman, uh, but you know, it is a female uh, and she's just trying to survive by going down this river and pulling over at stops and her rafts needs can like needs to be repaired all the time because you're crashing into rocks and it's a survival game which i feel like i'm trying new things and i'm like i want to try another one of these because i really like that endurance mode which is a mistake because i am super not good at this um and the last thing that i've jumped into lately um bobby talked about it a little bit a couple of months ago was um mafia 3 um i don't i like i play like a decent amount of open world games matt do you ever play any of those oh yeah do you enjoy those at all I mean, I, I love. I, I have to play GTA. Like, I, I I don't go as crazy into it as some people do. But I mean, when GTA Five came out, like I, I like open world quite a bit. I like like the new Red Dead sounds amazing. And I heard Mafia Three looks. I mean, that's the one that's like New Orleans in the sixties or fifties. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a revenge tale. Mm-hmm. Um, the game first about starts out, and they're like, "Hey, look." Um, and I'm like paraphrasing here, like we wanted to make this as authentic as we could to like this area in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so we're going like the characters will say things and use speech that we basically find disgusting. <laughs> um, but we're going to do it because that's the way they spoke back then. And we want you to get an understanding of like how it is. Um, so yeah, like in the first like 15 minutes, like the first hour and a half of the game is all linear. It's, it's like this story beat where, you know, you're the guy who gets wronged, you're out for revenge, but they're interviewing people in the future on like a documentary about what happened back then. And so that you'll like, you'll, while you're playing, you'll see younger characters and then you'll see like their older counterpart, like a minute later in this documentary style thing. It's super cool. Um, and then like as the revenge tale, like 
starts and gets off, that's when the open world like opens up. And from what I understand, like, like the open world stuff is very rote, like standard open worlds. There's no fast travel, which in 2017 is just like, or 2016 <laughs> when the game came out is just crazy. Yeah, that seems ridiculous. Um, but so far, the writing is really good, and like a good revenge tale will get me going. Like it's like, all right, I'll, I'll go through your open world to see the <laughs> end of this this cool revenge tale. Um, a, like a weird little aside on the game, which I've never seen any other game do is the collectibles in the game there are like records for you to collect and like you know risque artwork but also just like 1960s issues of playboy (laughs) and so i'm figuring like all right like so i grabbed one and i was like all right so let's go like go see what what this is all about and so like i'm figuring like it's just the cover but it's like no it's like the whole issue of playboy which you could just like open up and read through like everything from like yep there are uh, this is a naked lady on my screen (laughs) And then the next page is like the articles. Yeah, that's the same. Are you reading so like a weird. short story by uh, Norman Mailer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's like most games like don't really do nudity. You know, I mean, if they do, it's usually like, you know, just boobs or whatever, but they're like mm-hmm. digital. But like, I was like, no, this is like this is somebody's <laughs> somebody's grandma on my screen. <laughs> she was like 30 years old. It's weird. Um, but it's like so far. So far, I like it, but I, I like open world games. Um, uh, but the Revenge Tale seems kind of cool. Yeah, you were talking about the language that was used in the 1960s. As someone from Arkansas, that's still how people in Louisiana talk. So yeah, that's, that's not, I mean, it's, I, I have it's to get a, a dig in Louisiana if I get the open opportunity. Totally fine. I mean, <laughs> in today's day, we like day and age. It's it's super sad when people speak like that to each other, but. Yeah. Um, it's it was startling to like hear those type of, like because you don't you don't like most games shy away from that stuff. Um, yeah. So like it's nice to see somebody like grab it uh, yeah. by the horns and be like, no, this is like the way it was, and like we're gonna show you how it was. And like your main character is black, and like um, Lincoln is his name, and like you go through like a cutscene, and like the all the white people are like are staring at him as he walks by, and like mm-hmm. this like um, this couple walks by, and the woman like moves her purse away from him and you were like oh that's awful like like they do a really good job of making you feel that like that like that upset feeling of like this is what people had to deal with back then and this is what people have to deal with right now it's just not always in the forefront um so i'll be checking you back in with mafia as we go along throughout the weeks um before like the the deluge in march starts of like 50 big games it feels like yeah, yeah, I I know uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out like the d- three days before the Switch comes out, and I think yeah. I have to just say I can't do it, which I hate because that game looks incredible. But I mean, who am I kidding? Once Zelda comes out, just life is going to be put on hold. Like, yeah, I I you know I it's one of those cases of like. Do I really? I've never, I've never taken a day off for a video game, and man, does this make me consider it. I've taken quite a few days off for video <laughs> games, and I am proud to admit it. Um, <laughs> I usually try and take. I forget who I was talking to you about this, but like every couple of months, I take like a mental health day because mm-hmm. I have two young kids, and um, we'll have a question about this actually in a little bit, but. Um, I feel like I, it's like, I have a babysitter. I'm not feeling like a hundred percent today. Like normally I would tough it out, but it's like, I have the babysitter. I think I'm just going to go downstairs, lay on the couch and play games all day. Absolutely. And like, feel good about it. 
Um, I don't do that often, but like every, once every like six months or something, I'll do that, and it'll be like, ah, oh, today was super relaxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be playing Horizon Zero Dawn because yeah. I know that everybody else is going to be playing Zelda, so I I'll go. I, I told Bobby like, how are we going to break this up? Is everyone going to play Zelda? No one's going to play Horizon. He's like, well, I'm playing <laughs> Zelda. I was like, all right, I'll play. I'm like, not that you have to twist my arm because Horizon looks dope, uh, but I'm definitely going to play that. Yeah, it, it's basically you know that's, that's like saying. Okay, everybody else is eating chocolate cake, but you have to eat, you know, cherry pie. And it's like, well, okay, cherry pie is amazing, so that's fine. Um, and also at the uh, the end of the month is Mass Effect. So, like, oh, I know yeah. Zelda's, Zelda's huge, um, but, like, I know Horizon is probably, if I had to guess, I would peg Horizon at, like, a 30-hour game. And Mass Effect probably around the same the same hour count. But, like, Zelda I could see losing, like, 100 hours to. From oh, I'm, the, I'm, the, the I'm map terrified. Looks, yeah, so I'm like, I'm just gonna wait on that till those two are done. Then I'll start on Zelda. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I, I, I'm getting that feeling that I don't get that often. You know, when a Zelda game comes out, it's like, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's, uh, let's play for way too long and then get frustrated at one puzzle and just say, okay, I'm done with it for, for, for days. It turns into weeks. But no, I, I, every time a Zelda game comes out, I, you just, it, it's. It's just one of those games that it's they there there has not been a bad one of those games. There have been weird offshoots that have been terrible, but as far as like the main Zelda games, like even the worst is a really good game, you know. I, I I'm very, very excited about that game. Kelsey, have you decided if you're picking up the Switch at launch yet? If you can. <laughs> it depends, uh it depends how much money I have. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I know you. Uh, you said that it was how much there? What was it? Was it three fifty four hundred? How much? How much is it for you guys? It's three hundred for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's gonna be. Uh, I only know this because I worked in uh, electronics at Toys R Us, so prices are pretty stagnant. It's gonna be probably three forty nine ninety nine, and plus tax, it'll come out to about four. Four forty nine, four fifty nine, because our tax here is like fifteen percent. That's rough. Uh, we we had somebody write us um, on Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna read the Twitter handle. It's at uh, Megzy. I'm gonna hold on. hopefully I'm saying that right. M e a g s y three said, "Yeah, the switch is four hundred and sixty nine dollars in Australia." <sighs> Man. And oh, man. I was like, okay, I know Australia. I know oh, Australia. It's hammered on prices. Um, I think new, I think new games there are like ninety nine bucks. I've seen. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, that, it's terrible. That um, makes a bad game a really bad game. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no lie, I completely sympathize with people who have to pay that insane, like those insane prices. Mm-hmm. I'm like unbelievably sorry. Um, and like I understand, like I, I we're kind of enthusiastic about this stuff, but I totally understand people who are like, yeah, I can't pay like almost $500 for a Nintendo switch. Like I wouldn't either. No, um, no, no. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, I, and I know some areas in Europe also have to deal with that yeah. constantly. And you know, yeah, he was, he was talking about it. I think just like actually earlier today in our Patreon chat, mm-hmm. he was talking about the, the, the price of the console on like, I think some of the games, cause some of the prices on the games have been coming down somewhat. Mm-hmm. I never remember him saying Zelda had dropped a bit over there. Okay. Um, so hopefully that trend continues. Yeah. All right, let's, um, Let's do some quick listener questions. Uh, we're going to throw it to Kelsey at the very end for something, but let's do at least two of these because uh, we are running a little bit over time. Uh, let's see. 
And I said I was going to take a picture so that way I didn't lose them. And did I actually do it? <laughs> no. Here we go. Um, Michael Zudrow, who's at uh, M. Zudrow, asked um, – and this is for me, but I mean, you guys could feel free to answer as well. Um, here's a question for Justin. How does he balance time with kids and gaming? I have three kids, and I rarely get time to game. Um, now, you guys – Matt, you're married. Kelsey, mm-hmm. you balance work, school – this podcast, um, other podcasts, writing, yeah, writing, yeah, where um, you got a lot going on. Uh, so, like, mm-hmm. how do we all balance games? And for me, um, I have two small kids. I can't imagine having three. If I had three, I would feel like I want to throw myself in front of a bus. Uh, so, Mike, good on you for having three of them. Um, hopefully, you spread them out a bit. Um, but for me. Um, my kids go to sleep at like 8 o'clock. One goes to sleep at 7. One goes to sleep at 8. My wife gets up very early in the morning, works very hard, and comes home at like 5 o'clock at night. Uh, so when she's – after the kids are in bed, I mean pretty much been like this our, our entire marriage. Um, she goes to sleep somewhere around like 9, 30, 9.30. And I don't go to sleep until like 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Um, so like I have that entire chunk of time to – by myself so like i've taken up exercising I, I walk and stuff but i also get a decent amount of time to play games you know that's two three hours a night five five days a week and on the weekends you know i could stay up later my wife stays up later but then i don't go to bed when she goes to bed i usually go to bed at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning which i regret immensely on sunday morning when the kids wake me up at seven um but that's like i i do realize that I've come across as playing a lot of video games, which sounds crazy because I have two young kids and I'm married and I want to spend time with my family. But just the way my situation works out is it actually lends a lot of time where I'm sitting in front of a couch with a controller in my hand, which sounds like the laziest way to spend time, <laughs> but that's what I want to do. So that's how I do it. Uh, Kelsey, what about you? I mean, you got a crazy busy schedule. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, it's more like, um, I'm pretty organized. I have to use my iCalendar and um, everything is organized in there because I'm also a English major. So I have to read a lot as well. Um, so it's whenever I have free time. That's why I play a lot of like Nintendo games because I can use my 3DS like um, transportation to school or transportation to work um, or if I'm in bed and too lazy to get up. <laughs> um, and as for my PS4, it's more like whenever I can. Uh, if I'm home and I don't have, let's say, like 10 chapters to read, I'll take that time to to play uh, video games. And now it's pretty slow, so I'm only playing a little bit. But when the bigger games come out that I want to play, I'll probably devote more time to that and try to plan it in my uh, calendar. A boring, a boring way of explaining. <laughs> hey, as long as you get to play, I, I and, sympathize. And I have, I have my master's in English. I know what you're going through, and there, yeah. <laughs> there is an end. It just, it does end eventually. I promise. <laughs> but it, it, it is, it is a very demanding. It is a demanding workload. What about you, Matt? Like, how do you find time to do your thing? Well, I you know, so Mara and I we have a, a podcast uh, through Talking Comics as well, uh, Legendary Runs, and basically every two weeks we commit to reading an entire run of comics, uh, and sometimes that can be something as small as like twelve issues, like this week, 
And sometimes that can be something as long as 12 volumes of something, uh, which we will never do again. That was our last episode. It was Death Note, and I'm not familiar with manga uh, at all. Uh, and apparently that's it's roughly about 100 issues of a comic. And I agreed to do it, and I was like, once I started looking at the actual numbers, I was like, why did I do this? Why did I do this? But, uh, you know, that, that, that takes a lot of time, and you, you want to make sure that you get that in. Uh, also, you know, uh, teaching is demanding, but uh, I, I have the luxury of having a job that, you know, as far as grading and lesson planning and all that stuff, I get into work a little earlier. Uh, I have a planning period. I'm able to kind of balance that and do, leave work at work. And I know that many people don't have that luxury. Um, I, as far as, I, like I said, I do a lot of casual gaming. Like I like to pop in for 20 minutes, play Battlefront, play, you know, an older Nintendo game. Uh, that's always helpful. Uh, the weekends, I, I try to get some gaming in if I can. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that... Uh, it's 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 difficult to find that balance. Uh, you mentioned that your wife goes to bed earlier than you do. I, I'm the exact same way. Uh, I I can't I cannot fall asleep at nine thirty. I can't do that. Can't do uh, it. Yep. Yeah, it's it's just one of those. I I never have been able to. Uh, you know, at least midnight. That's that's just. I don't know. I you know that's probably going to catch up and and kill me later. But but as of now, that's just my system. Uh, so you know that, that there are you know you know, random hours scattered every once in a while. Um, so it, 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 it's tough. Um, but it's also important to keep in mind the stuff that you enjoy, never force yourself to do it. Uh, so, you know, the, what's the name of the guy who wrote in? Oh, uh, hang on. I, I closed it. Uh, it was Michael. Well, Michael mentioned that, you, you know, he has three kids. You know, he has a very demanding life. And he, a lot of times you feel you feel obligated. You know, like, a, like okay, I do have three hours set aside. I have to play some games just because, you know, I got to separate myself. And, well, yes, if you want to do that, that's fine. But some people, you know, it sounds crazy, but they force th- themselves to do things they enjoy when, you know, honestly, they might – like enjoy watching a movie or reading a book or just doing whatever. Oh, I could so. totally, I could totally go with that. I, mm-hmm. uh, I've been on this podcast almost three years, and there have been plenty of times that I've done that, mm-hmm. where it's like I have three hours, but I'm exhausted, or I, I, I kind of want to read a comic, and I was like, no, I've got three hours. I've, I've got to play this game. I've got it so I can have something to talk about on the podcast, or I like, you know, exactly this is the game that I wanted to talk about, so I should play because I have the time, and only lately. Have I been like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of tired. It's 1030 and I'm actually tired. I should go to bed. Yeah. Like, I, I should take advantage of this situation. And if I was to play the game, I wouldn't enjoy it that much. I Like, I, I'd be just half-assing it because I'm like, most of my body is exhausted and doesn't feel like playing it right now. So, like, mm-hmm. I totally understand that. Right. And, you know, it, it's it, if you do that too much, it, it's going to make you – I mean, you basically – training yourself to not want to play video games. And, you know, sometimes that, that might be okay. You know, uh, if, 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 that's, if you play too many video games, that might be a good strategy to employ. But I, I enjoy video games. I like my collection. I don't want to associate video games with, uh, you know, reluctantly playing them. Uh, so I feel like it's also important to, you know, 
when you have those random hours, do what you want to do. Yeah, like like at at night, I like I like reading until I fall asleep. You know, I that's that's when I get most of my comic reading done. Uh, sometimes I will read for twenty minutes. Sometimes I'll read for two hours. You know, it it's it's weird, but there couldn't be so there is such a thing as kind of burden you know burdening yourself with things that you love. And totally, it's 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 important to find that balance. All right. Actually, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. We're going to save a couple of these questions for, for next week when we have Bobby and Hugh back. Um, and I want to do that because I know that Kelsey has something that she really wants to talk about. And so, Kelsey, I'm going to hand the floor over to you. Uh, thank you. So uh, today is a pretty important day um, in Canada in terms of um, the stigma surrounding mental health. It's a Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, Bell Canada is a Canadian uh, telecommunications and media company that's uh, located in Montreal. Uh, Basically, in September of 2010, Bell Let's Talk began um, because they wanted to start a conversation about mental health in Canada. And at the time, a lot of people weren't talking about mental illness. Um, As you can imagine, there's still like a large stigma around it. if you are on social media today and you follow uh, Canadian celebrities or any of your Canadian friends, uh, you might have noticed the hashtag Bell Let's Talk. Uh, every time the hashtag is used, retweeted, shared, um, even on Snapchat, if you took a picture with their filter, five cents goes towards um, mental illness funds. Um, so over the last years, they've raised about um, six million dollars in community fund grants as one in five Canadians will suffer from mental illness at uh, some point in their lifetime and one of the biggest hurdles for anyone that's suffering from a mental illness is um, the stigma and feeling like no one is there for you and I know that I felt like that um, I always suffered from general anxiety Um, It was hard for me to go about my day without constantly worrying about people around me and like what they thought about me or um, like just my health in general, like everything. It's just general overall anxiety. But uh, for about three years in, uh, well, for me, early adulthood, (laughs) 19 to about 21, 22, um, I had an emotionally and mentally uh, abusive boyfriend, and because of that, I developed um, PTSD, which is a post-traumatic stress disorder, which you develop uh, after a shocking or traumatizing event, and your body um, and your brain has triggers to specific um, situations. So, for example, for me, I'm getting really personal. I'm sorry, but go ahead. For me. It's as soon as someone raises their voice at me, uh, I'll cry. And it's just, it's a trigger and I can't control it, even though every day, like, I work harder to um, make it work. Um, So for the three years I was in that relationship, I was suffering alone. And it was really hard for me. And the reason I wanted to bring it up 
on this podcast is because what helped me was video games and integrating myself in a video game community. Um, before, two years ago, I wouldn't even have spoken to anyone about this. Um, I wouldn't have, has been, um, have been as confident as I am now. Uh, last year, I spoke more to the Talking Games people. I spoke more to a Montreal-based um, video game website that I write for. And I wouldn't have done that before if it wasn't for people um, being more open and ready to listen um, about mental illness. Um, and I've mentioned it with Stardew Valley, and it's hard for me to talk about it without explaining my anxiety. But a game like Stardew Valley, or any game really, it depends you as a player, can calm me down and help me get over maybe a situation where normally I would have a panic attack. Um, but in this case, now I'm playing the game and it helps uh, calm me. So I just wanted to know, everyone's listening to this tomorrow. So um, Bell Let's Talk Day will be over. But it's just for you all to be aware of um, the stigma surrounding mental illness and to be aware of friends that you have that might not tell you about their difficulties in life or are scared to speak up, um, especially in today's political climate. Um, so even though the day's over, be aware for next year. Um, it works with and around the world retweets. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres we, uh, tweeted today about it. Um, anytime the hashtag's used, five cents is donated to Canadian mental health programs. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Thank you for sharing, Kelsey. I know, I know it's it's not easy to like talk about yourself and like get in deep with that type of stuff. So we really appreciate you doing that and help people tomorrow. I mean, Kelsey, if they retweet it tomorrow, can does it still count? Or is it, I'm, I'm assuming it would still count, right? I think so. I think there's it goes on like an extra bit. Like today's the big day where um, even celebrities try to get you. Like William Shatner was doing it today because he's Canadian. Um, he was trying to get people to retweet today. And I think you can still donate if you mm. want. Absolutely. And hopefully yeah. everybody does. At the very least, it gets recognition out there. And the sentiment at least can be shared. Yeah, that that's really the goal of it. Um, obviously, the money helps for the grants and all that. But mm -hmm. um, it's more to to get people who might not even think about it to um, understand like a lot of... Uh, TV personalities here in Montreal are sharing their stories about how they've had friends who they didn't know were depressed and then lo and behold they they lose them and it's because they're they're afraid to speak about their mental illness and it's important that um, the stigma ends because a lot of people do suffer from mental illnesses and if you don't speak about it you might never get the help that you need absolutely mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, if people, if you can, if you can donate to a good cause, please, by all means, definitely do it. And I'm glad Kelsey that you brought it into the light and for us to talk about tonight. Uh, thank you for letting me share. No problem. All right. With that, we're gonna close up shop for tonight. Um, Kelsey, what's your personal Twitter? It's uh, Kel Samus, K E L S S A M U S. Uh, Matt, do you want to give yours? Oh yeah, uh, it's at uh, Johnny Matt Wood. 
I'm Matt Jaroke, J-O-R-O-A-K. You could follow us at Talking underscore Games. Uh, you could reach out to us at games at talkingcompbooks.com. Um, we're trying to do listener questions every week. We have a couple saved for next week, but please, when you're listening to this, if you've got any questions from anything we said tonight or any questions for Matt since he's new to the show about collecting, about old games, retro stuff, please forward them over to us and we'll, we'll do our best to answer them. Um, you could check out our uh, Patreon, which Bobby set up. Um, the link is on our Twitter page. Um, also, if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel, which Bobby has been working diligently on with some really cool videos. Um, our top 10 games of the year uh, in video form uh, and also the games that we're most looking forward to in the early half of 2017. He did like a really good job with those and we want to get those as many views as possible just because Bobby put like blood, sweat and tears into making those videos. That was an awesome so if video. You, yeah, if you could yeah. check those out, that would, that would make uh, all of us happy, but especially Bobby since he worked so hard on them. Uh, and that's going to do it for us uh, tonight. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. So until then, thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Matt. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. That'll do. Goodbye. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> is, 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 I'm sorry. It's okay. We're just, we, we throw it to everybody to see if they can do it. Oh. You'll get it next week. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.